Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to Superhuman Radio. Today is Thursday, uh, December 13th, and I am uh, one full day post-op on my left foot, and I'm getting around on a knee scooter. If you've never seen an elderly person getting around on a knee scooter, uh, it's a, an enchanting thing to see, and that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, but I got to say, it's pretty cool. It's a lot easier than crutching it everywhere. Um, but I am off my foot. I've got it elevated. So anybody listening, uh, Elisa, I have my foot elevated. I, as I promised the doctor, I would. It's not easy, uh, but I'm doing it. Uh, before we get started, I got to thank our title sponsor, All American uh, EFX, uh, All American Pharmaceutical EFX Sports. Right now, you get six of their top selling products absolutely free. What the hell are you waiting for? Go to superhumanradio.net, click one of the EFX Sports banner ads, put in your name and address. You will pay $5 and change for shipping, but that's the true shipping charge. And you'll get six of their top-selling products absolutely free to try. So you can decide whether or not you want to buy them. And that's because Dr. Jeff Galini believes that nobody should buy anything till they've tried it. And unfortunately, I really screwed up because I don't have Adam's theme music. Adam, will you forgive me? Forgiven. Okay, thank you. I, I don't, Hard to be mad at a guy rolling around on a one-legged scooter. Dude, I, you know what? So at first I was really depressed. I'm like, is this what it's come to? Like me, the leader of the superhuman nation, kneeing it around in a parking lot at the grocery store? And it's like, but after a, couple, after a couple minutes of it, I thought to myself, I feel like a kid again. Wait, wait a minute. This may be actually pretty cool, man. I can buzz around on that thing. Well, there, you know, that's a topic that I talk a lot on in male masculinity and the lack of play as we get older as men. And, and, there, and it leads to a lot. I believe it leads to a lot of violence, anger, hatred, things like that. But Grumpy, uh, grumpy uh, men. I'll, I'll dig- <laughs> yeah, I'll digress. But it is a little fun. And it, last year, my family and I were at Atlantis in the Bahamas. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but the, the property is massive. And I, uh, I'm a, a flat-footed. And I always wear pretty good shoes, uh, but I wear flip flops there. Right. I never wear flip flops. Like I wear flip flops like by my pool, which and I walk like five feet at a time. And so my feet were killing me. And I was like, man, one of those little one legged scooters. I told my wife, I said, next year I think I want to bring one. <laughs> yeah. Put one knee on and just whip around because it would have been fun. It's like got some downhill stuff. You're cruising, and so I kind of envy a little bit. But you have to be in that. I would prefer to not. Have yeah, to no, I have no. My foot, my thing. foot was actually bleeding this morning through some of the bandages, and so this is this was a major surgery. This was major, major surgery. This doctor who has been doing this for thirty five years, he teaches at the university here. He is considered the top foot physician in the region. Surgeon wow. said to me, "This is the worst foot I've ever put together." Yeah, so it's kind of sad, but you know what? I'll get through it. I'll be fine. I'll walk again. You know, I, I'm just I'm just getting my pity party on. That's all right now. That's all. Yeah, it happens. We got to do it a little bit. So you know, uh, Adam, 
there's a lot of talk today about the color of light that gets through our eyes, right? And it's like, yeah. And the, the, on on one side of the fence, you got the people who are saying, you know, all this artificial light, like me sitting in front of these two monitors right now doing this show, that's like messing up um, the ribnicity and circadian rhythm that my body tries to adhere to. And then we move to artificially filtering light out uh, to try to get some of the, 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 the incident light that's causing these problems out of us, like past 7 p.m. We're wearing blue blockers. And, and it really works and it makes, it's making more people think, you know, what other colors of light when you isolate them into the eye and saturate the eye with them, what other colors stimulate other things? And so this group of, uh, of scientists, and I'm looking for this. It's, uh, let's see here, sports, uh, this is the, the, the Lond, the last name is Lond, Dr. Lond AM. And this was in the uh, sports medicine uh, journal. Okay. What they did was they took men and they had them wear either clear glasses, uh, red lens glasses. um, And I think there was one other color that they tried here. I'm looking. No, no, it was just, it was just red or, uh, or clear, I guess. Uh, And then they did a crossover where they all did it one way. And then the other, they took blood uh, levels of testosterone. They also had them doing a very, very high intensity, uh, workout program, uh, to get lactate concentrations up so they can test for that. And they tested a variety of different markers. And one of them that they were interested in was testosterone production during the workouts because we have a known testosterone level for them already. And, uh, lo and behold, red lens glasses, reduced testosterone and now you're an athlete i know you're an athlete uh you remember back in the day the research that showed that pink made athletes less aggressive do you remember that i think so but they do it with football players they did that yeah 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 i think i remember that and so when we look at this we find out that there may be a connection between uh, a large amount of of that wavelength light, and I think that's in the 700s, the red wavelengths. Uh, I could be wrong. 700 nanometers, somewhere around there, but maybe it's lower. I, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert at remembering the spectrum in nanometers. Right. But with that I'm being said, you know, those two colors fall into the same category. And what they found out was that these men produced less testosterone when the light incident upon their eye was predominantly red. Very interesting. I wonder, you know, I, I kind of subscribe to the thought process behind the, the blue light blocker. Uh, and it co- goes in phases, basically, when I remember to wear them. And, and actually, last week, uh, I know it's a mutual friend of ours, Jay Campbell, and I were talking and he had his, he went on a tangent about it. And I, and I just, you know, I had him in my drawer and I was like, I'm going to put him on. <laughs> I'm going to put, I'm going to put mine on. Because I never, I, I did for a long time wear them. I actually got these from James Swanwick. I'm not sure if you know who he is. No, no. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. He used to be at ESPN Sportscaster back in the day. But he, uh, where him and I had some synergies. He, he quit drinking like I did. And he has a, a, a program. He's like a 30 day program that he takes people through. And I'm, I'm building out a 90 day program. So anyway, but he does, he also sells these. They're called Swannies. And I, I got a pair from him. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really know if uh, it's better or worse. And I found it being helpful for me personally to wear something like this 
prior to going to bed because I was living in front of the screen. You know, my wife and I both have See, but I, but I have, I have new concerns, right? So before we were saying there's a shift away from natural light. This is basically what we're talking about here. When we talk mm-hmm. about artificial light sources, we said what we're really talking about is a shift away from what is considered natural light. So fluorescent light is not natural light. Incandescent light is not. And what's coming out of our computers is not. But how is it any different when we start to manipulate through filtration instead of exposure and radi- instead of radiation? We start affecting everything through filtration. We wear different color. Like I see people wearing blue blocking glasses at work and mm-hmm. thinking that this is wise uh, because they've been told by some internet guru with a bunch of mumbo right. jumbo science that this is a good thing to do and it's not. And the reality is you can buy an, you can get an app for a dollar 99 that is a true photometer. And you, if, and, and you will be shocked when you look at the incident light in your life during the day and how little of it turns out to be blue, right? We think mm-hmm. because the screen is in front of us, you get more blue light wearing your blue jean pants on a sunny day mm-hmm. than if you don't have blue, than if you don't have blue. I've tested all this stuff. I've tested it. I got Ron, I got Ron and Shannon Penna on to doing this. And we started just testing rooms randomly, bright rooms, dark rooms. And it's like, we're, be, we're being led astray by people who want to sell us glasses now for everything. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know if I noticed the difference in doing it. Like I said, I have. Oh, them. it works. I put it them works. on. Um, but the, uh, the app. You know, I just you have to believe that being in front of that stuff for your eyes. And recently, myself, I had a uh, I don't know if we talked about this before, but with my eyes, I think we did. We talked about my eye doctor. My eye doctor did study did some studying with low testosterone addiction, um, but also talking about the as it becomes harder as your your eyesight gets worse, it causes more stress in the body, which can lead to more addiction. And I think I told you he said that. Far-sighted men are more likely to be have issues with addiction than nearsighted men. That is That's so just, interesting. He's, he's done over the years. Oh, just super, super smart guy. Um, and that's where I kind of I stumbled his path because I think I told you when I moved to Texas. I had to take my eye test and I just blasted through the bottom line, no problem. And then she's like, "What about the third row?" It's like, "What third row?" I didn't even see it. And I kind of like had to like move my head a little bit and I read it and I'm like, "Man!" I came home. I told my wife. I think something's going on in my right eye. Interesting. And he checked, and he's, he's, he said, your right eye's not even working. He goes, when you read, because I read almost every night, he goes, when you read, your right eye's not doing anything. I was like, that's bullshit. I didn't even believe it. <laughs> I went home, I, I shut my left eye, and I was like, oh, man, I can't even read. It was just blur. But, 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 Adam, but, Adam, so but Adam, think about, think about it from an evolutionary perspective for a second. I want, I want to just – I want to kind of drill down just for a second, okay? Yeah. So in, in – Times where we were exposed to the elements, we lived amongst the other animals, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, being nearsighted or farsighted meant you were just going to get eaten younger. Right. And so from an evolutionary perspective, not having good vision, I can see how that could cause an underlying ignored source of stress in a person's life without them actually realizing it's causing it. Oh, for sure. I mean, the same thing the hormones do. You know, it, it, there's, you know, there's a, uh, 
a, a doctor friend of mine who was telling me about something that actually happened to him. And, and it, in that conversation, it made me realize two other people I knew affected. It was a, the, in a, a certain antibiotic, and I'd have to pull it up, um, affected some issues in the inner ear, which causes the brain to have struggle with this where it's at in space type thing. Even right. though like you're sitting at a table and you know where you're at, but the brain doesn't notice it. It, it, it doesn't know if you're falling, especially if you're um, doing something, uh, physical activity or driving. And in the doctor who it happened to, and, and he, he's also a, a patient, and then two other patients of mine had a similar situation. Um, and the, the, he was saying the antibiotics, and I went through both these guys had the antibiotic thing because he had to like retrain it. But all, all three of them were like scared to drive. They were all scared. They thought they were going to. Oh, it, ha- it, happened to, like it happened to Elise's uncle John. He is a, a healthy, strapping man in his early 80s, I believe now. But about eight years ago, he was given a, re- a regimen of antibiotics. It did something his in the ear, and he can no longer stand. He can drive once he gets in the car. But standing mm-hmm. and doing anything like that, he has no balance anymore. He has to use a walker, and people have to be you know fairly close by uh, with him as well because he could easily lose his balance from a round of antibiotics. So there's a, I'll try to find, pull up the information that the doctor sent. There's, there's a therapy protocol to help bring that back. But when you think of the anxiety, the, the, the underlying anxiety that goes on when, it's a, you know, when your brain is dealing with that, your cortisol levels are going crazy, right? right. And, and they want to treat you for anxiety, uh, all kinds of problems, right? When you, you can't figure out why am I so stressed out? Why am I so nervous? Why is my resting heart rate, you know, through the roof? Right. And that's a lot of these things that are going on. Um, and it's you know, just stuff like that, that, that through talking and listening to, to patients we have, we hear. And fortunately, because one of my patients was a doctor that also was dealing with it and listening to the patients, I was like, man, I got two other guys I think could share this information. And they all are actually going through this different protocol to help like kind of retrain the brain. Almost. Yeah. It's super interesting. It's such a rare thing. But it makes me freaked out. I never so so do the, so do these do these antibiotics affect the otoconia of the ear? Is that what they affect? That gives people vertigo. It it must be. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a certain bacteria that's needed that ends up getting wiped out, and based on maybe the body's immune system, it interesting. Come back or it doesn't come back right away. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I have. It, I think I told you the one client of mine that he's the energy doctor. He's the same guy who had the was doing the studies of how the testosterone is pulling the essential amino acids out of the spine. Oh, I'm yeah. going to pin him down to get on, to get on uh, the show sometime. To add yeah. Value. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Incredible. I'd like to explore that. I'd like that. to hear his reasoning behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got plenty of stuff. So once, yeah, we'll get him on. So, you know what? We'll um, go, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Good. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I want to take a break uh, and I want to change it up and uh, we're going to stay with the, uh, testosterone for a minute longer but then later in the show we're going to talk about something that's important as it relates to menopause and so even if there's not a lot of women who listen to this show there's a lot of husbands who listen to the show and i think that it'll be very valuable information uh in at least uh, opening up the question you know should we be pursuing a hormone replacement therapy for you so let's take one quick commercial break you're listening to the Renew Life RX show, the website is RenewLifeRx.com. If you're interested in exploring anti-aging and uh, rejuvenative hormone replacement interventions, they are the people to talk to. Don't waste your time. 
I'm telling you, everybody in the audience loves them. Loves what they can do. Loves the, how they're helping. Loves working with them. We have a lot of new people uh, getting on board uh, using RenewLifeRx.com. Check it out. We'll be right back. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. Man, I got to reach a long way to get to this uh, soundboard with my leg propped up. Welcome back to Renew Life Rx show here at Superhuman Radio Network. Adam Lamb is uh, my co-host, and uh, he's the guy you will start with at RenewLifeRx.com if you check him out. So we do you remember uh, all the news about triclosan about 4 years ago 3 or 4 years ago they they came out they said you know triclosan was a, a ubiquitous antimicrobial used in every single antimicrobial soap 
It was used in deodorants. It was used, uh, it was actually in Mexico. It was in Fruit Loops. Don't ask me why. Mm. I guess they had a problem with microbes and, uh, and Fruit Loops. Uh, it, it, it's in toothpaste. It's in mouthwash in actually in Mexico. I haven't seen it in mouthwash here. Uh, but again, it's, it's ubiquitous. It's out there. And about four or five years ago, uh, a lot of new research came out to show that it was a true and effective endocrine disruptor. And mm. then, and then the news followed that men who used deodorant with triclosan in it had a higher rate of certain heart abnormalities. Uh, they started to see changes in people's thyroid hormone levels uh, who were exposed to triclosan. Uh, it, it started to poke its head as something that really wasn't good. And it's still out there today. Right now, you could probably go to a gym and pump the hand soap on the shower stall wall and there's some triclosan that you're, you know, sudsing up the guys with. And so... Um, it's still out there. It's not like as though it's all gone and we don't have to worry about it anymore. And with that, the hand sanitizer piece really caught my attention because I'm kind of a, a goofball about it. And I wash my hands probably more than anyone else. I know it sounds silly. It's a, almost like an OCD I have, or I don't like it. My hands don't smell like soap. Isn't that weird? And it, especially if I have to eat like a sandwich or some food with my hands, right? I, like I, the second I'm done, I got to wash my hands, but, I wonder how much I'm exposing myself to that. And even my, my kids, you know, I have a 10 year old son that, you know, hand sanitizer after jujitsu or, you know, and, and see, and see, here's the problem with all of this, right? So, so, and we'll talk about the study in just a second, but here's the problem with all of this. They, they never, the, the, the inherent nature of what these things do dictates that they be a certain type of molecule and that certain type of molecule always ends up being endocrine mimicking in nature. Don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. It's like they they BPA is bad. BPA is bad. Okay, give us time to find something new. We'll replace it with it. They've replaced it with BPS. Now the research is coming out showing BPS is just as bad as BPA. And why is that? Because they the nature of these molecules dictate certain inherent traits and characteristics, and they happen to also fall into the category of things that look like hormones in our bodies. It's interesting. Other than, other than ethanol, you know, you know, you know, they had to stop using ethanol uh, as the hand sanitizer active ingredient because dumb people were squirting the stuff in their mouths and drinking it because it's, it's basically Everclear. It's, you know, it's, it's grain alcohol. And I think that sometimes when speaking to, you know, clients that come on board, especially, you know, there's, there's guys we talk to that they ran some gear in the past, you know, or they're, you know, that we know why they have low testosterone. Some guys that just have never done anything. And they're just like, man, I keep hearing and seeing. And, uh, and, and we can't figure out, you know, what led to them to have early, uh, you know, kind of onset low testosterone. And what, what I tell them is it's environmentally triggered. Right, I just don't know what. Whether it's the the something in the house you lived in or raised in, or you know chemicals that you're putting on your body or things like that. Uh, and it, it's such an interesting topic, and I don't think it's it's talked about enough uh, as far as a lot of these outside things that are in our daily life now that weren't, you know, 
20, 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, and, and the organizations that are supposed to be uh, making sure we are protected, they they don't have the tools to make sure we are protected unless they're re unless they are the ones that are doing the research uh, into the safety of this sort of stuff. You're always going to have companies out there who are going to uh, skew research in favor of their sale of their product. And yeah. so, you know, it, it, and the government can't, isn't going to control that sort of stuff. And we don't hear about it until things start happening. Uh, you know, the whole triclosan thing started when uh, uh, factories that manufacture triclosan were having aquatic life changing right before their eyes. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, amphibians started to get cross gendered, and it was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mm. Oh, that factory, that factory's over there. You know, every time we have that factory around, these fish change, and that's when people started saying, well, what what is triclosan doing? That it, it's feminizing. Uh, creatures in the wild, and so this particular yeah, I, group. I don't, yeah, I don't th- th- this particular group did a study. So what they did was they took sprayed do- dolly rats, which is a very common rat, and they exposed them to uh, triclosan in the amounts that would realistically be available in humans, uh, and then they watched what happened, and they found that microRNAs changed, and that change the testicles production of steroids steroidogenesis was blunted which means any steroid made in the testes was shut down mm-hmm. and the ch- the changes were long lasting even far after the exposure uh, period and so what this says is that that triclosan is absolutely will will make a guy hypogonadal absolutely and so, I mean, the hormone pathways of rodents and the hormone pathways of humans have really been tested. They've really been tested. We know that the things that happen to them happen to us. And so, we're this, mammals, right? Yeah, this this stuff is out there. People are washing their kids' heads with it, and you know, and and who's talking about it? Somebody needs to mention, hey. One of the one of the things you got to start checking on your ingredient list of your cosmetics and uh, and and mouthwash and toothpaste and anything that claims to be an antimicrobial is the the presence of triclosan. Hmm. I mean, that's it's so interesting. It's definitely something I've I've learned because it wasn't something I was paying attention to before. So I love learning on this show. Yeah, and it's it's and it, you know some of this stuff is old. Like like I said, triclosan was a problem four or five years ago. But what happens is, as a population, we go ooh 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 ooh. But our attention span is very short, very very short. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. we don't even we don't even remember what happened to the country ten years ago. We don't. Right. And and no, so what happens? Totally what we want selective memory. I think. Yeah. What happens? And 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 people just can't keep track anymore. Just the, the the sheer amount of information that the average brain takes in today is like ridiculous, and you know, and people aren't thinking about triclosan anymore because they're thinking, well, that was four years ago, right? That's got to be gone by now, right? That's got to be gone, well, right? It's not the buzz, right? Especially for the average person that's not actively investigating, reading, learning, educating. Um, you know, it's it's like how many so many people will forward me an article, and I'm like, what do you think of the article? And they didn't, they just read the headline. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Those are the headline readers, and, and and it's it's the majority, unfortunately. But but you're you're right. You know, taking the time to read into this stuff, 
um, and understanding the studies, you know, as opposed to watching a Netflix documentary funded by the people that have a mission to, to, you know, in a certain place and then believing that's now the gospel of, of life and how everything should be. And, and so I, I think that, you know, what you do is, is triggering the people to think and research is, is awesome. It, it has with me just on this, this topic because it's not something I was super uh, aware of. Yeah, oh, I know. And you gotta, you gotta know, Adam, that it's not just triclosan, right? So we're all like, oh, triclosan. But just like I said before, there are other molecules out there that are endocrine disruptors. Just nobody's connected the dots yet to say, hey, let's look at them. And we're rubbing all that stuff on us too. Right. I will say I've ordered this new soap from Amazon, like a scalp, you know, a shampoo that can come up with the word. And it's supposed to, it kind of is a biotin, blah, 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 and scalp stuff, and, and it had DHT. Uh, it was like 20 bucks, whatever, you know? And, and there's a guy, I don't ever buy a chip, like whatever my wife had or something like that. And I feel like this stuff's working. I had a couple comments and my hair looked thicker. But it really? makes, you know, it's just one of those things that's just taking the time to look at, you know, just something that's a little different, a little more natural. You know, I, I only use um, Tom's natural deodorant. I'll only let my wife use that too, because I believe some of the antiperspirant deodorant leads to uh, issues um, with women too. Just blocking the body from sweating, just, just logically. Oh, it, it's, just, it's just, it's so, it's the antithesis of what's appropriate for the body, right? It's like, yeah, it's I mean, like saying, you know, you know, uh, breathing is really an inconvenience. We're going to, we're going to give, rub this on your lips. Right. You'll stop breathing. It's like, yeah, no, I don't want to suffocate and I don't want to stop my pores from, uh, you know, excreting this stuff that it's supposed to excrete. I'm with you on that. I, I use, um, oh, what's it called? Primal pit paste, which is basically like uh, some natural, um, like. Uh, it sounds more hardcore than my Tom's. Uh, oh, like well, well, it's, 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 but, it's, but it's, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just coconut oil. It's just coconut yeah. oil and fragrance, uh, fragrance oils. And that's it. That's all it is. Yeah. I understand if you're a heavy sweater, you know, you, you, it's concerning because you got like the, the armpit stains, which fortunately I haven't um, had, but there's some other stuff that, that leads to why you have that, you know, uh, internal to look into and yeah, yeah big time. Yeah. And if there's people, different poor stuff where I can sit in a sauna, man, and I just sweat pours out of me. I love it. My wife goes into a sauna and she looks like a sausage ready to explode. Um, she doesn't sweat as well. And so you, you know, it, it's healthy for your body to do, you know, we're supposed to do that. Um, and a lot of toxins are, you know, I get in. I can't get in the sauna now because I got this stupid cast on my foot. But I mean, I get in the sauna at least four times a week, and it's and I get into some brutal saunas. There's a sauna at LAC that you, you know you got to be a man to get in there because it's 180 degrees. It's wow. a legit. It's a legitimate 180 degrees. A lot of people can't sit in there for very long, but there's a group of us that have been doing it for two decades over there. And uh, a group of us guys, and we're older guys, it just turns out. And so a lot of us would just sit in there in the sauna, and we talk about everything you could imagine. I've often wished I had a, a microphone going because there have been some really intelligent conversations when, when oh, the heat gets to the brain. It's, like, amazing. It's like, it's like turbocharging your brain. And we've had some amazing conversations in there that I wish I would have recorded now. Um, because, but, yeah, it, and, and young guys come and go. They come in. They sit down for a little while, and they're like, out the door, out the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes yeah a I love the sauna. The one at my gym actually is hotter than the one at my previous gym. I'd be curious to see 
I'll have to check out the temperature in there. I mean, it, it's definitely take your breath away hot. And I, have you ever saw the, I think his name's Tim Hoff, the ice, the ice guy, the guy that meditates and does yoga and stuff I've like that. heard about so, him. It's really impressive what he does. Right? Check his stuff out. It's badass. It, it motivated me. And last year I started doing, and, and I was just thinking about it recently because it's finally getting a little chilly here in Texas, um, that, to do, like, go in my pool because we don't close our pool down here. Right. And, and then I have my hot tub. And I know on Christmas we were doing that. And my goal, what I wanted to do is to be able to get into my pool. Um, you know, it's in the 40s. It's cold, right? It's, it's cold. By, yeah. by no means is it warm. And, and stay there, not shiver, and just kind of be able to focus my my body for five minutes. And I, and I did it last year. So now it's like coming around to that time of year again. And I think it's uh, I'm excited to do it. And I'm going to start doing it every morning. That's going to be like a morning ritual to just like wake up and, Dip right in there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pull that's my, actually pull great. My body together. No coffee. You, know, you won't need off. no coffee. You don't need coffee. I know. I know. No, it wakes you right up. Maybe it's an idea. Pull pull myself off the caffeine. I love my morning coffee. Yeah. No, uh, you know what'll happen if you idea. do that first thing in the morning. You'll come in the house. You won't even be looking for coffee. I can guarantee it. You're gonna you're gonna say it on the show next time. I'll try. Yeah, you won't even look for it. I'm in. All right, I want to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something important for women. Now, I know a lot of women probably don't listen to this show. Uh, a, f- a few do. I know that for sure. But the men who listen to the show need to listen hard because sometimes uh, men need to step up and intervene. Stay tuned. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000. Or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Hi, I'm Ashley Grace, co-founder of H-Hemp Company. Hemp CBD improved my life so much that I started H-Hemp Company to help others naturally feel better. You don't have to have had a severe brain injury like me to benefit from H-Hemp Company products. If you're struggling to feel better, calm your brain, or better deal with daily stress and want to do so naturally, please try H-Hemp Company products. Search HM Company and use code SHR for 20% off and free shipping. That's HM Company and code SHR. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. 
not, go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. Welcome back. This is the Renew Life RX show with uh, Adam Lamb and myself. And uh, we like to talk about study. A lot of stuff that we talk about it has a hormonal uh, emphasis in nature, but that's because there's still a large population of people out there who don't understand the value of uh, uh, interventional endocrinology, a word that was originally coined by uh, my my good friend, Dr. Mark Gordon over at A4M. Uh, you know, you go to the doctor and he says, your blood sugar is getting high because your body's not producing uh, insulin enough anymore. And they'll give you insulin. But if your testosterone starts to drop, they don't look at it the same way. They just say, you know, you're getting older. Well, well, I'm getting older. I'm getting diabetes too. Why do you want to cure that? But not the other one. Um, right. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a shell game. And it's mostly because doctors don't know what to do. And that's why you need a company that specializes in this, in counseling patients, working with them to get them full uh, uh, treatment. You know, if you got a little high blood pressure, they know what to do with it. You know, it, 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 this is not uh, just hormones. And uh, and RenewLifeRx.com is servicing the superhuman nation. I get nothing but amazing emails from guys saying, I am so glad I did this. And I'm telling you, man, never before have I worked with uh, a, a, a group that offered this type of service uh, where I have the, the responses I'm getting from the audience. So check them out. All right, so here's, here's a study that's really for the women, but you, you guys can pay attention to it, right? So women really haven't been studied to the degree of menopause and its true effect. In fact, up until just six or seven years ago, labs purposefully kept female rodents out of uh, trials uh, because of that pesky hormone estrogen. You know, just she just didn't respond like the male rats. So we don't want to take a chance and throw a monkey wrench into here. And so that really means that a lot of drugs that were manufactured over the past 30 years may have worked for men but not women or may have hurt women because no one cared to test. So now we're seeing a lot more thoughtful uh, research being done into the complexity of the female hormone cascade and disease states. And it's really easy to do. Once again, we go back to our Sprague Dolly rats and uh, we take a group of female rats and we ovaryectomize them, which is basically remove their ovaries, give them a radical hysterectomy. They stop producing estrogen, DH, some DHEA, progesterone. They stop producing just about everything. And really, this is what happens to your wife or your girlfriend as she gets older. And But this time, they stopped and watched them for a, a much longer period of time. You know, rodents don't live as long as, as humans. 
so you can actually hyper accelerate the research and see uh, what it would take, or let's say over an 80 year human lifespan. Their metabolism is faster and so they die sooner. And so they looked at these rodents and, and the simple answer is I'm not going to, you know, I'm purposely not getting real technical and sciencey about 17 beta estradiol and all this sort of stuff because I just want you to take the message away that when women go through menopause, they become more anxious, more depressed, and they display the behavior of despair. Their lives are just dull and aching, and they are not happy, and they just don't know why they're not unhappy. And this is usually like when women start going through menopause is when divorces start happening too because they lose empathy because oxytocin bottoms out. They don't feel good. They have this... This numb sense that their life is just miserable. They usually start drinking wine a bottle a day like it's no big thing. You know what I'm talking about, right, Adam? Oh, yeah. I mean, majority of the women we work with are in that either premenopausal, um, in, in the process. Uh, and it's, it sounds it's silly, and I don't even like saying it. Like it, It's not that it's easy to treat, but there's a lot of pretty simple things to make it better uh, that – get overlooked like crazy um, from what we see from you know, we're not always the first stop right people don't think of that they think they're gynecologists and and even we see gynecologists endocrinologists and they bring their blood work and i'm looking at it and i'm like the only hormone is tsh on here where's even even as a woman where's your estrogen progesterone and testosterone is in my in my opinion the the most overlooked have to uh, have to women, women. look look ignoring uh the fact that women produce testosterone is just stupid. And why today we have to have people qualify the statement and, and explain that they think testosterone is important too. It's silly. It, it, like, why would the medical orthodoxy ignore the fact that women produce testosterone so that doctors have to be cautious about prescribing testosterone for their female patients? The, all the old wives' tales about it's going to make you like a man and it's going to make you hairy, none of that happens and women uh, women are excluded from benefiting from the uh vitality giving effects of testosterone like they had when they were young girls mhm we see I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll listen to a woman share what they're going through and things like that and they've tried this and looked at that and it's just listening to hundreds of women share right and then seeing hundreds of women's blood work and then hundreds of women post-therapy, almost every time I tell them, I bet you your testosterone is in single digits. And they're like, what does that mean? Well, we'll talk about it. Let's get your blood work done and see. And then from there, you know, and, and sometimes we have women that are on this patch and this pill and this cream and this stuff, and they still feel miserable. And so yeah. a lot of times we, we say, let's, let's take some steps backwards. Let's get rid of, let's stop that stuff. Your, your testosterone seems to be your lowest, your low it, the issue because it's an upstream hormone too. And, and a lot of those things that they're, they're taking the, the, these patches and pills and creams for all this other stuff that could be changed by just increasing testosterone levels. And then we start with the testosterone. How do you feel? I feel perfect. Best I've felt in five years. Great. And that, you know, you're talking a, a 1%, 2% of what a, a, a a male would take, right? right. And so, that, like you said, the fear of like, well, I don't know, what's it going to do? You're not going to get a mustache or a goatee. Now, if you're, you know, there's, if you're going by some poor advice by somebody who may not have the best experience in 
interest in the sense of knowledge in um, lo- lowest effective dose, uh, you could get those side effects, right? Because we see and know women, I'm sure, that have had those side effects and some you know what you know you know what I you know what I yeah but you know what I say Adam some women just need less so the idea that you know yeah. what you do is you you give a, give a woman a dose of testosterone if it's in a trochee you know maybe a couple three milligrams maybe four milligrams right and you yeah. and you watch her blood and if it goes up and she says I feel great okay let's just leave it there if it goes up and she says I don't feel good. Then you've got to lower it. If it doesn't go, if it goes up and she says, I still don't feel good. You got to raise it. The the idea, you know, it's hard. If people understood the time to get a complete blood panel done is when you're 30, 31 years old, because this is the mature side, the beginning of the mature side, but your body is still in great repair. And then you have a time capsule. So when you are 50 and 60, instead of them throwing darts and trying to hit what's good for you in, in this hormone or that hormone, you can say, this is what I looked like when I was still vital and young enough, but mature enough. You know, everything kind of settled in. I'm, 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 this is who I am moving forward. And they go, Oh, wow. You know, um, you, you had really high testosterone levels. That's, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. You know, we, but unfortunately, we are relegated to guessing today because nobody in the medical orthodoxy talks about the proactive steps of getting your child's hormones tested now. That could be the potential greatest gift you could give to your child ever. Yeah. It only happens, you know, I think that I remember growing up where there's kind of like the short kid, for lack of a better description, that maybe had a you know, onset adolescent growth deficiency and they got on growth hormone, right? And and that's the only time it seems like it something like that was looked at. And it and it makes me think, you know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I'm gonna do it with my son. He's ten years old, athletic. Um, but when he gets into that even early twenties, we're gonna look, you know, and probably even once a year. And a lot of times, you know, I think that too often doctors when you request blood work and they're like, Well what's wrong? Like maybe nothing. Let's see. You know, in looking at it, my mom recently had a scare uh, with uh, some things. And fortunately, we looked at her blood work prior to her finding out about the scare, which leads to the scare is probably not that bad because the blood work didn't reflect it. She had healthy blood work. Um, but because she asked me not to, I'm not going to go into detail. And so the, I think that, that looking at blood work is just it's one of those things. It's not very expensive. And it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, so many diseases or stage fours and those kind of things, um, severe stuff could have potentially been seen through blood work um, or at least triggered that, that next layer of testing. Right. And that needs to be done more. You know, on this topic, it's, it, it's ironic that we're talking about women. I just received an email from a woman. She's a, she'd be a well-known retired competitive athlete uh, who competed at, at a high level. She's a bigger, I'll say bigger, I probably could stomp for that, but she's probably 180 pounds. So I would say it's not a, a little woman. So so we understand what we're talking about. And I say that I share that because of dosing. Um, and she she's just doing she we we recently increased the dose um, because she just wasn't quite there. And now it's normalized. Her menstrual cycle is normal, and she's in her late forties. Um, and she's like, finally, this is where she needed to be before. She was receiving are we still talking about just testosterone, or were you giving her? Uh, this is 
this is just testosterone. Yeah. And see, she was having, she was doing too much testosterone with, with, uh, some folks that didn't really know what they're doing. And then after that, she went to a gyno who was just not even really, you know, just a drop in the bucket compared to what her body needed. Cause she also took some things in the past yeah. to alter her, her uh, testosterone. Well. And yeah, and you got, and that, and that's something you got to be honest with about with your physician. And that means you have to be talking to someone that you feel comfortable being honest with, you know, uh, one of the biggest challenges that guys have talking to their doctors about testosterone is, is they feel like as though, uh, they're being going to be vilified or, uh, thought of, you know, uh, I mean, I've had these experiences. We've all had these experiences where mm-hmm. a doctor misconstrued something and like right away looked at you like you're some sort of, you know, uh, drug using, illegal drug using per, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't, do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have, you cannot be judgmental. If somebody comes in and says, look, I was an athlete and for seven years I was on fairly high doses of testosterone. You, you got to go, okay, what else are we up against? You know, like that's it. Yeah. And you can't judge people. And that's why more men and women aren't on HRT today, in my humble opinion, because they don't even want to have that first conversation. Well, and like you mentioned earlier, and I think like you're pointing out now, that's one of the biggest things about our clinic is we create that space where I'm like, stupid, like I'm your bro, like we're friends, let's talk. And, and we talk about your life and, and life experiences and lifestyle, how you eat, what those kind of things, and just like get to know the people. And I'm sure like you've got, you've received a lot of that feedback from folks that have come over that I've personally got a chance to work with. And, and it's important. And it, there's another email I just received today that I, I want to share with you because it, it hits exactly what you're saying. Um, and this is a guy at a low T clinic. He says, Hey, dude, talk. This is the kind of stuff I couldn't talk to with the girls at the TRT clinic. Um, he just started testosterone cream. We switched him. He was doing, uh, once a week, uh, testosterone injections and his blood work was jacked up, but his testosterone was okay. And they weren't treating SHBG or anything like that. So, Anyway, he came over and he said, this cream treatment seems to keep my libido at the high sensation level. He's, and he even said, is it normal for your penis to be more full? He goes, you know, sorry to be graphic. He's like, I, he goes, I, could, I feel I can talk to you about this kind of stuff. He's like, is it normal? I couldn't talk about this to these girls, right? He was, he was seeing it a little too. Yeah, I know. So, to your point of just saying is like, we create that environment. And a lot of times I know that and even we work with physicians and they know they're like, man, we have that white coat and that cold, dry office. They people don't want to share, and they, you know, and and that's where like our medical director and our, and our other physicians love this because we can have a conversation. It's just like two guys, right? I'm uh, I'm like you, you know, I'm going to be 39, and you're 42. Like we're kids, life, like we we're in that same space, and and then we relay that stuff to the doctor and have those conversations, and our doctors see we're uh, having those conversations pull out some things that we can understand. But you know, you know, what the, you know what the difference is? I'll tell you what the difference is. And, and, I, and I, when I say this, I'm telling you unabashedly this is the difference. You know, the average person wants to have the conversation with their doctor. The doctor doesn't want to have the conversation with the patient. And they, they make that very clear through posturing and body language and, and, and shortness of questions asked and uh, and, and then delegating to the nurse to enter this stuff in the computer and darting out of the room and then coming back and breaking up the conversation. You, you, anybody who's been in a doctor's office knows what I'm talking about. Your doctor yeah. doesn't want to know. 
they when you tell them anything outside the nine dots, like they they have these arrows in their quiver, and as long as it's one of those things, they got an answer. And if you ask them anything that requires them to actually formulate a, a, a long formatted answer to you, and actually have to dig back in their their brain and assemble some thoughts and give you something new that they haven't said for the past hour, that slows them down. They don't want to do that. So doctors today, they come in and say, "Hey, how you doing?" They shake hand. What's you know what's 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 going on? They listen for a couple seconds and then they start writing. And the next thing you know, they're done. And they and their body language doesn't invite doesn't invite people to go. You know, doc, I'd really like to talk to you about something because you feel like this guy is just pushing me off. This gal is just rushing through this. Like they really are not interested in anything, and I'm not going to try. I'm not even going to try. And that's sad today. But that's what medicine has become, and it's not the doctor's fault. It's not the doctor's fault. The doctors don't become doctors so that they can rush through patients all day long. It's the system. Mm -hmm. It's the system. But it is the problem. It is the problem. It's a great point that you bring up, and and I probably shared this with you a little bit, but for me personally, I usually get – a higher, I don't get it. I, I, I know what happens. I don't see it. I, usually when I see my primary care, one of my other physicians, they're like on their toes. Like, what's he going to come at me with? I better fire up Google. Uh, but we don't, I've been fortunate to have some really awesome primary cares. And even my surgeon recently with my neck, he, he was like, he wants to know the whole protocol for the uh, recovery from the peptides. And he wants to get into the stem cell stuff for issue with his and we're going to be talking anyway. that's what we're going to talk about next so this guy dr jeremy uh german right ron penna mm-hmm. a guy that everybody knows i have a lot of love and respect for um tells me about this guy a long time ago and then a couple things happened and somebody said you know you should have uh, dr german on the show he's doing a lot of exciting stuff with stem cell you know stem cell has come a long way and there are some doctors not to use an overused analogy on the tip of the spear that are doing some amazing stuff that are really applying critical thinking to the application of stem cells and mediums that support stem cell uh, proliferation and, 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 and growth and differentiation and so on that know stuff that we need to start talking about. And we're actually going to talk to him in just a minute. Uh, at, at, after this interview is over, but this guy is—I'm really excited to have this guy on the show. And and he trains, so you've got to have a lot of respect for him. The guy's got an amazing physique. He's like he's like movie star handsome. He's like you, Adam. Uh, you're movie star I don't handsome. Know about that. Oh, you are. You're, oh, come on. You know, <laughs> you made my day. dude. You're a handsome guy. Are you? You're kidding right now, right? Take the compliment, uh, man. I, look, if I was I handsome, I am. I'm going to. I'm going to run with it all. I'm going to tell my wife that. <laughs> if I was handsome well, and Joe, somebody you know, told me I was handsome, I'd say okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I get to work with a lot of handsome, like legit TV Hollywood guys, and you know, my wife knows who a lot of those are because she, you know, they call or you know, we're friends anyway too. And so I'm going to. I'm going to joke uh, with her a little bit about that. So I appreciate you saying that. I'll say, Carl, Carl said I'm movie star handsome too, just like a couple of these other guys. Yeah, that, no, you definitely are. The, the, I see pictures of you all the time. You, you, you're, you're, a, you're, you're, you're a, you're a well-formed human being. So um, what, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I got to, I got to take a break and then I got to come back with Dr. German. Uh, and I got to do something about my leg because sitting in this half plie, 
is, hey, so all I do is pistol squats now on my right leg. Every time I got to get out of a chair, I do a pistol squat. You have one big quad. Yeah, one big quad. But anyway, I will come, I'm going to bounce out of this. I am going to be better than I was before. And I'm scared because that's a big, big piece to bite off right now with what's going on with my body. But I will do it. it. All right, listen, uh, the website is RenewLifeRx.com. You must go there. You must talk to people. You must learn. Even if it's just a fact-finding mission, you say, I'm not going to do this, but I just like to see what all the hubbub is about. Uh, Give them a call. Talk to Adam. Learn. We love, you know, just come in and and say that you heard about the show and you 100% have my undivided attention. To schedule a call just to talk and ask questions, and, and I love that. Yeah. That's what I got into the, the and, space for. And don't wear red gl- sunglasses unless you want your testosterone to drop. All right, Adam, talk to you soon, brother. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back with Dr. Jeremy German, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production and that leads to improved sleep immunity carbon dioxide oxygen exchange and much more oh and if you do snore it'll help you stop snoring try somnifix risk-free go to s-o-m-n-i-f-i-x.com forward slash s-h-r get a free trial pack of somnifix strips today What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's efxsports.com. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 
58 years old. Can see eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Can See Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Can See Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. We don't know enough about stem cells yet. And really... The more the number of people who are critical thinkers start looking at the applications, uh, leveraging some of the interesting mediums that seem to create a fertile territory for stem cells to do their job, are in need. Because there's a lot of snake oil salespeople out in the stem cell world, too. Um, I, I've, you know, I, I haven't done a show on stem cells in quite a while, just because some of it's murky. You know, some of it is almost um, uh, carny-ish, like like circus stuff. You know, people are going on video and getting stem cells injected, and what is it supposed to do? And nobody knows. But Dr. Jeremy uh, Gearman, did I pronounce your name? Is it Gearman? Yeah, you got it, Carl. Yeah. Okay, thanks. I'm a I'm, I'm a big stickler about pronouncing names right. <laughs> Dr. Jeremy Gearman is doing some really exciting stuff that has been touted to me by people who I respect, uh, and I know. These people aren't going to talk about a guy who is uh, one of those uh, side st- uh, stage uh, shows that's going on right now. So th- tell me something, Dr. Gearman. I- I'm going to refer to you as Dr. Gearman out of uh, respect of the show. Uh, how did you get started working with stem cells? Well, Carl, first of all, I appreciate you having me on the show. I really respect what you do and uh, the variety of topics that you cover and the, the depth at which you cover them. And I've referred so many of my patients and colleagues to your show because you just do a great job. Um, so I appreciate that. But, wow, thank you. Um, yeah, so this is a neat opportunity. And, um, you know, as far as how I got involved with uh, stem cell therapy and really more generally regenerative medicine, I think it was just an evolution of, um, you know, my course in medical training and then uh, on to practice where, you know, we just look at what treatment options are available to us today. And I think early on, even in my medical training and perhaps even before that, I kind of saw the writing on the wall in that, you know, more of medicine was moving towards less invasive, more regenerative, leveraging the body's ability to heal. And I guess some of that is my background in the sense that um, I have somewhat of a fitness and nutrition background and really had an appreciation for what that could do for our physiology. And I really kind of recognized the unfortunate nature of a lot of modern medicine just seeming to be more sort of high-tech Band-Aids without ever really addressing the foundational, you know, kind of rudiments of health. So it was just an evolution, and I, I always had such an intense interest in musculoskeletal medicine particularly, and while stem cell therapy and other regenerative therapies certainly extend to really every organ system, I've kind of honed in on a particular application to the musculoskeletal system, that being muscles, joints, tendons, etc. And, um, you know, when I got into practice, I just said, what, what do I have available for my patients? And I think more and more patients are becoming uh, increasingly interested in non-surgical solutions, and, and really they're looking to stay ahead of their health, and that's kind of I know what your show is all about, but uh, really being up on uh, what's out there and how do we optimize our physiology and our health rather than just um, you know, treat when, it, when it's too late. And so we're really in an exciting time um, in medicine, and I've really kind of made it uh, a, a goal of mine. I feel the responsibility essentially to 
keep up with the literature and to figure out where things are going and how we can leverage some of these new exciting technologies to offer additional treatment options to our patients. And, and we're going to get deeper into that in a second, but, but I want to ask you a question that I've always thought of, and yeah. I have a feeling it's something that has crossed your mind more than once, and that is we have stem cells as part of a uh, maintenance and repair system in, inherent in our bodies. And uh, stem cell therapy leverages concentrating them uh, into areas that have become in disrepair for so long that uh, that that normal maintenance would would not fix anything. Right. Why why are we not leveraging the stem cells that we have naturally in our body that are designed to maintain the body over long periods of time so that complete disrepair doesn't happen? What's lacking? in our environment, in our diet, in our way of life that is stopping that natural phenomenon where we have to go in and we have to suck them out and shoot them in over here? Well, you know, that's a great question. And I think that uh, a lot of it comes down to exactly what you mentioned, which is dietary environmental influences and all that sort of thing. Now, some of it's just a natural consequence of aging in so much as, and I'll get into the different sources of stem cells and particularly those that are utilized in the clinic, but if we take the example of the stem cells and particularly the, the mesenchymal stem cells, which we'll talk more about, that reside in our bone marrow, um, there's a Dr. Arnie Kaplan out of Case Western University who published a chart essentially demonstrating the trends of decline uh, over, over our lifetime, and there's a, really a precipitous decline. There's a tenfold decline from the time we're newborns to teenagers, and then another tenfold from the time we're teenagers to older age. And so, some of it's a consequence of just aging, uh, whereby some of these stem-like cells become quiescent, sort of sleeping, if mm-hmm. you will. Some of them actually die. Um, in certain tissues, they remain more robust, and the populations uh, are greater. But, you know, I actually wrote an article about this, and it's kind of what are the dietary uh, and lifestyle things that we can do to help support our stem cell populations. There have been studies out there looking at different dietary constituents, uh, different um, chemicals found in blueberries, melatonin, all these different sorts of things. But the bottom line, the way I ended that article was by saying that, okay, here we have melatonin, here we have this chemical, that chemical. But a lot of it comes down to just healthy lifestyle things. You know, it translated to me to good sleep, stress reduction, great diet, you know, high in micronutrients, um, and all that sort of thing. So I, I think stress, stress reduction is a huge thing, and we have not conquered it yet. And that's it's right. Big, it's a really big thing, and we just—it's—it's it's one of those things. Like, okay, well, we'll get to that later. We got all this really important stuff first to handle, and we're missing the boat on the the effects, the degradation on the human condition by stress, and we manufacture stress purposefully because it's entertainment now. Yeah, so, exactly right. so it's like we're we're really like if, if we are like moving so fast towards. Idiocracy and Wally, like it's just like those. Someday, like a million years from now, people are going to find those. They're going to think those were our Bibles because we actually became exactly all the things in those movies. But isn't that bizarre? Yeah, yeah it is. That's... It's sad. It's it's very sad. So, so you know, getting back to the stem cell, do you think that um, therapeutic phlebotomy has a value in unleashing mesenchymal uh, stem cells from uh, the bone marrow? Well, um, uh, let me back up just a step, if you don't mind, because there Please. is, there, you know, I appreciate the way you introduced the show, which, uh, or at least my segment, um, in that there's a lot of 
uh, nonsensical claims being made, a lot of misinformation. And I've got to tell you, it's really frustrating being a provider who tries to keep up with the most relevant and current literature because you see a lot of that. And, you know, some of it stems from the excitement around this area of regenerative medicine. And some of it is just, you know, these practices trying to differentiate themselves and get more patients, clients, yeah. or what have you. And, you know, um, I, I guess big picture, um, one of the things I hear a lot of, uh, one of the, the ways in which I hear a lot of uh, misinformation being disseminated is about, you know, what exactly are we talking about here? So when we talk about stem cells, there are, of course, many types of stem cells in our bodies. Each, you know, there are cardiac stem cells. There are stem cells in our GI tract. But the big classes here, they can be categorized based on their behavior. So the type that a lot of people think of, and, you know, I'll tell you, I even get some patients calling my clinic saying, are we talking about dead babies here? And there's a lot of concern. <laughs> you know, and, and I understand yeah, why, I especially, you know, God rest his soul, but uh, when George Bush Sr. Uh, was in office, there was a lot of discussion about this, a lot of regulation. And that's specifically related to embryologic stem cells. So those are the types that are derived from an embryo that are really only present during that developmental stage. And those are what are called, and this is important, those are what are called pluripotent stem cells. So those can become really any tissue type in the body because ultimately they're fated to become babies. They want to be, grow into babies. And so we're talk, talking apples and oranges here. Now, the type that are being leveraged and utilized in clinical settings, and particularly those like mine, are mesenchymal stem cells. And again, they're very, very different. Those are technically considered adult stem cells. They're in all of our bodies. They're in mine, yours, and a baby's body. And um, those were first kind of discovered, described, named uh, by that, uh, that, that doctor that I mentioned before, that researcher, Dr. Arnie Kaplan, out of Case Western. He named them, described them, and, and, um, and they can be derived from one of uh, several places, one of many places, actually, they're also known as um, uh, pericytes. Peri means around. They wrap around blood vessels. So it's really cool. If you Google mesenchymal stem cells, blood vessels, or even pericytes, you'll see these electron microscopy uh, uh, pictures of these cells hugging blood vessels. And that's, in fact, that's where they reside. And so they can interact with the environment by secreting signals into the blood vessels that they surround or by traveling to sites of injury through those blood vessels. So, so wait, 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 but they're, they're on the outside of the blood vessels. So you say that they can travel to sites of injury through the blood vessels. So do they, they infiltrate the blood vessel and then join in with the blood and travel upstream? Yeah, that's right. And that's really how a lot and of And think our- about that for a second because they have to know what upstream is, right? Yeah, like, well. Th- there's got to be some sort of uh, – proprioceptive quality to know, hey, we, we need to go further left. Like, you know, that's pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you, that whole mechanism is what's been homed or termed as the homing mechanism, sort of like homing pigeons. Which yeah. Is, there was a really elegant study where they looked at rats, and they took two groups of rats, and one group had no surgery. The other group had a sternotomy, really like a chest surgery, and they injected mesenchymal stem cells into the tail vein, kind of like the jugular of these uh, rats. And then they, uh, they immunofluoresced these cells so they could see after they took a picture where did the cells go. And the group that had not had the surgery, they kind of went all over, but the group who had had the sternotomy, all of the cells essentially collected right around that wound bed. Wow. So that's, that's one of the ways in which they function. But, um, you know, uh, coming back to the idea of them being located around blood vessels, because that's so, we can derive these cells from uh, really any tissue that's dense in vasculature. So some easily accessible sites are bone marrow, our fat tissue, 
or even donated tissue uh, known as allografts, like from placental tissue, uh, and these are from consenting mothers who uh, donate otherwise discarded tissue like the placenta, the umbilical cord, etc. So these cells can be derived from these different places and then used therapeutically. And in my case, what I do is musculoskeletal treatment of arthritis and tendon problems and that sort of thing for really palliation of a lot of the symptoms associated with these conditions and, and hopefully for some regenerative qualities. And, and so it, I, I would imagine most of the work is being derived from pulling it from the pelvis, right? I mean, you, what you do is you you extract a person's own stem cells. Right. You spin them, right? You concentrate them. Uh, exactly you put right. You put them back in a medium that maybe is, you know, uh, a P, some people are using PRP-type medium. Some people yeah. are using growth factors, yeah. peptides that are injected directly into, like, synovial capsules to keep everything concentrated. And... You create. It's like it's like a garden. You're like a, you're like a gardener now, right? You're like you're planting yeah. something, but you got to feed the soil, and you got to give the consideration for this and that because you, otherwise it just dies. It doesn't work, right? Yeah, and you know this is where a lot of the um, nuances of regenerative medicine come into play because when it comes down to it. You're right. Uh, when we when we talk about bone marrow aspiration, most commonly, you know, I'll, I'll perform that from the iliac crest, which is kind of that hip bone, that waist bone. Uh, you can also get it from, you know, the sternum and the tibia, and those are more so done intraoperatively uh, in the setting of an orthopedic surgery. But yeah, you aspirate bone marrow, um, and then you spin it down, and you try to try to isolate the cellular layer. And then you would inject that into a knee, for example, in the case of an arthritic or otherwise damaged knee. And then what you get is a release of growth factors from the cellular contents, um, signaling molecules, cytokines, and you know, and also you get a lot of scaffolding proteins and other sort of tissue constituents that are present in the bone marrow that can contribute to tissue health and regeneration. And and before I forget, another really important point here is that the the man who kind of named these mesenchymal stem cells has actually since petitioned uh, the FDA and others to change the name to medicinal signaling cells. And that's a really important point because mm. it, it seems as if that's the primary way in which these cells work therapeutically. So once injected or delivered to a tissue site, they release a number of these medicinal chemicals, medicinal signals, that then set up the body's ability to engage in accelerated healing and repair. And so, you know, one of the criteria for stem cells, as um, was uh, listed by the International Society of Cellular Therapy, and particularly one of the defining characteristics of mesenchymal stem cells, was that they have to be able to to differentiate. And in the case of MSCs, as they're abbreviated, they can differentiate into osteoblasts, which are bone cells, adipocytes, which are fat cells, chondroblasts, which are are, um, cartilage cells. But... It, these can be to- coaxed to do so in vitro, which means in the lab. But in the body, we don't know yet if this is necessarily occurring, especially the numbers or the way in which it's been doing, uh, in the way in which this is being done in the United States. And so, whereas in the lab, again, we can coax these cells to do this in the body, we think that they're primarily signaling, sort of acting as the conductors of the orchestra, the healing orchestra, so to speak. And so that's where a lot of this is still being worked out. How much of this is actually a signaling process, you know, if, if that's the primary mode of action, 
which signals are having the greatest effect, and then if these cells do in fact have this ability to differentiate into these different cellular lineages, as is demonstrated in the lab, how much of that is occurring in the body? And so a lot of that is still being worked out, and there are reasons do you why. Suspect, do you suspect it's happening at a similar rate, or do you suspect that it's happening at, a, happening at a much lower rate? I think it's a much lower rate, but I'll tell you what. Um, you know, it's a tough study to do, and I won't go into the details of that, but one of the reasons that it's difficult to um, look at this primarily uh, through the means that are being uh, utilized here in the States is because we are confined by the regulations of the FDA, and there's a branch of the FDA known as CYBER, the Center for Biologics uh, Evaluation and Research, and they have said they're trying to kind of, um, you know, the commissioner of the FDA is a cellular advocate, but they're trying to kind of rope in a lot of this because of what you mentioned before. There are a lot of bad players in the game, and we want to make sure people are safe and we have some reason about this, and so they've kind of set some regulations, and they've said that, you know, number one, in order for these type of tissues to be used, they're regulated in a certain way, and I won't necessarily go into that, but it's called a 361 pathway. They have to be minimally manipulated. So in other words, we're taking tissue out, we're spinning it, which really doesn't change the the original kind of relevant characteristics of the tissue or the cells or what have you, and then re-injecting or treating and what have you. Whereas in other countries, what they can do is they can take these cells, take them into the lab, incubate them, and culturally expand them over a week, two weeks. And now 10 million cells turns into 100 million cells. And so the implications of that, now if we inject 100 million cells, we may in fact have kind of surpassed the threshold where we start to get some of the cellular conversion or differentiation into other cell types. So I just don't so, know. So, so what you're saying is, that could actually produce some rogue tissue that you don't want to happen when you just kind of when you're blasting that much into there. Well, we we haven't seen that so much. More so, what I was referring to is they. I, I would think that in that setting, perhaps we can get a differentiation of these MSCs into their natural lineages, which would be cartilage cells and that sort of thing. And there are some studies, for example, out of Korea and other places where a lot of these investigations are being done that show pre- and post-radiologic uh, studies that show cartilage thickening, cartilage growth, cartilage defect. So, uh, the, mo- so, so the bottom line is, in this case, more is better. Well, uh, we don't, that's kind of, uh, that's, a, that's a tough thing to entirely uh, agree with because we just don't know. There's some other suggestion that perhaps if we expand cells out to a certain point and keep growing and growing, perhaps they sort of become... I guess their effect is somewhat diluted, so they become a little bit less effective or less potent, if you will. Hmm. So we're still trying to determine all of that. I wonder, I wonder what the limiting factor is. I bet you someone's going to discover the limiting factor, and then, you can, then you'll be able to go hog wild and put a lot more cells in there. There's got to be a limiting factor. There's got to be an erosion of something that, uh, that keeps them from uh, going on in this positive uh, growth direction, I bet. I'll bet. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I want to take a quick commercial break. If we want to pick this up and finish up on this on the other side, we can. Uh, we're talking today with Dr. Jeremy German about stem cells. There's a lot going on, a lot to learn. We're going to talk about some scams, too, when we come back. Stay tuned.
Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon One. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon One. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more Productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating. But you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. This is the Superhuman Channel, where brawn and brains finally meet. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Jeremy Gearman. We're talking about stem cell therapy. Uh, did, I cut you off to take a break. Did you want to finish up on anything on the, from, from the other side? Well, I guess just a couple of more, uh, a couple of additional uh, important points is that um, number one, you know, there's a lot of um, talk about specifically the stem cells, which, and for good reason. I mean, they hold a lot of therapeutic promises, but you know, we're still working out all of the details uh, related to stem cell therapy and how many are needed, and and uh, you know, exactly how should they be delivered and all that sort of thing. But I think oftentimes um, the growth factors that I was referring to before. Uh, are underappreciated because there have been 
studies done in the in the world of regenerative medicine using the conditioned media. So in other words, some of the soup in which cells were growing and 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 living, and that that media was used to treat different areas with similar outcomes. And wow. so, I, just I, just the media that happened to be in contact with the stem cell. Yeah, and so I use some other products in my clinic also, and this is kind of the art of medicine determining which uh, patient or which treatment is most appropriate for which patient. But you know, actually, I just got a call from one of my patients about an hour ago, which is a very timely call. But he's someone in whom we had treated a partial rotator cuff tear with an amniotic membrane allograft. So basically, this is the, these are the outer layers of the placenta, which are sterilized and dehydrated and really don't have any living cells in them. It's just growth factors and healing chemicals. And it encourages the, body's, the, the migration of the body's own stem cells to the site of injury, as well as a laying down of collagen and all this sort of thing. And so... He called me to say, I've been thinking about calling you for the past month. Uh, we treated him about six months ago. He said, my shoulder's never been better. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased by this. And it was really a neat case where we, under all shown guidance, injected uh, his partial rotator cuff tear and laid this allograft right in that defect, which is... Um, you laid it in there with a syringe, I'm taking, With right? a syringe. Wow. And, you know, I was just looking back because for his sake, I was kind of trying to figure out exactly which day we did that. And I put it a lot of these these cases, uh, you know, without uh, patient names, of course, and, and information on our uh, our clinic uh, Instagram page at Inertia Medical. And on July sixth, I posted his video, where we have under all sound guidance, we have the needle injecting into the tendon defect, which can readily be appreciated. So, it's pretty cool, and and, and that is then another important point here, which is that. Uh, I, you know, I hear a lot of patients saying, well, I went to this clinic and they said that they were going to just, you know, in- inject right into my shoulder. And y- you always want to go to someone who uses guidance. Oh, yeah. you got to have ultrasound guidance through you, that you process. you got to have guidance. And, you know, it, the literature shows that if we're talking about a shoulder, I mean, for, for eons, we've been injecting uh, with anatomic guidance, which means just kind of, well, send me here, send me there, and, and there's your entry point. Turns out it's about forty percent accurate in the shoulder without guidance. With ultrasound, it's you know ninety nine. You can see exactly where you're going. So that's that's another big deal. And um, you know, and, and just making sure uh, if this is a type of therapy that you're considering. I had another uh, a patient in my office the other day who said, you know, I went to this clinic. They said you got to try the stem cell thing. We can do it today. And you know, I evaluate. He said I just didn't get the right feeling. And I evaluated him. He had a complete retracted, massive rotator cuff tear for which stem cells really wouldn't have offered a whole lot because that scaffolding that the stem cells uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the rest of the regenerative material would have been able to sort of uh, cling to, for lack of a better term, and supplement and regenerate uh, was absent. You know, it's right. kind of like, uh, you know, a bridge that's fallen between two roads. Right. There's nothing, there's nothing to connect anymore. That's there's right. That's right. Anymore. right. So, you know, proper evaluation and proper guided treatment is critical. So what about these clinics that offer um, the stem cell therapies? And a lot of times it's all, like in Panama. Yeah. But you, you, what they do is they take, I guess, the uh, mesenchymal uh, stem cells. Mm-hmm. They inject them intravenously. And, yeah. they, and And these stem cells are supposed to go around your body like these little heat-seeking missiles. And they see damage and they go right in there and then they fix it. So the, the people are promoting this idea that, yeah, you know, we're just going to infuse stem cells into your bloodstream. They're going to travel around. They're just going to start fixing things. 
Well, I'll tell you that in Panama specifically, and there are several like it, but Neil Reardon's clinic, the Stem Cell Institute in Panama, um, they do a lot of that. And, and that's an example where he's not uh, restricted by the confines of the, uh, you know, but do you, th- but do you think there's any value to Because think about what you said well, before about, about the, 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 the rats that didn't have the yep. surgery. Yep. You know, the stem cells just kind of floated around. Well, what if they saw something else that was like wearing out? And they, exactly. Oh, we'll go there. I, I think there's a lot of promise there. I, I really do. And we're starting to see that in the literature. Now, again, all of this becomes a little bit nuanced because, for example, some of the investigations have shown that when you inject stem cells peripherally uh, into a vein, about 90% of them get sequestered in the lung tissue and then are kind of out of the body within really? a day. Yeah. So, and, you know, does that have important implications for, for pulmonary disease? And then, okay, the signals that are released within that 24 hours, are those able to re... So there's a, there are a lot of unanswered questions, but, but to kind of come back to the, the, the point of the initial question, you, you're seeing exactly that. People are saying, come into our clinic, get injected, you know, we'll treat Parkinson's, uh, you know, MS, all these different things. And that's so premature and really irresponsible, right. uh, you know, but... but that's not to say that I, these therapies don't hold immense promise. And right, so right. I mean, they, they literally could work. Yes. But, but, but a lot of rigorous science has to be invested That's to exactly understand right. how to work. Yep. Uh, and, yep. And you're right. And a lot of people are taking advantage. You know, one of the reasons I've – like I did a, a show on stem cell therapy not too long ago where a friend of the show uh, from Ohio also, from your state, Dr. William Seeds, had done – uh, he extracted uh, stem cells from his wife Jocelyn's uh, pelvis and then injected into a, tr- a troublesome hip that she's had for some mm-hmm. time, and uh, and you know so we've done we've done that show from a standpoint of the patient. How did it feel? What did it feel like having? Oh, just you know the pressure of that on your pelvis and stuff. Because I wanted to explore that side of it because I know that. People are reluctant to do anything that they think might hurt. That's why dentists have such a hard time setting appointments. Yeah. You know, and well. So, as it applies to a, a bone marrow uh, harvest um, or aspiration, you, we numb really well. We numb all the subcutaneous tissue down to the, the, the bony cortex or kind of the outer layer wow. of the bone. And then you introduce a little trocar, and there is pressure, and a lot of it's related to the pressure change that occurs when you access that bone marrow. The pressure between the environment and the bone marrow sort of equalizes, and so they get this weird kind of intense pressure, and if you don't warn them, it's, it's, it's a surprise, but you know, that's, that's one option, um, but uh, as I mentioned before, since the uh, MSC populations decline as we age, we think maybe it's not as great an option right. for folks who are maybe over the age of 55 or 60, and then you can also get these MSCs from fat tissue, and those populations seem to stay more uh, consistent over time. And Interesting. You do mini uh, liposuction type of procedure. It's a very kind of small procedure. Or you can use allografts, which are from that donated tissue. Now, there's some question about what's the viability of all these cells, and these allografts come cryopreserved, and when you thaw them, what is the nature? And we're working currently with a lab on that, comparing the cell viability between these different products. But the bottom line is, as I came back to before, a lot of the uh, effects that are being um, inferred by these treatments are from the growth factors and from some of the healing chemicals that are in these products. And so we don't know how much of it is from the cellular material, how much is from the growth factors. And I kind of give people the example of the reason why this is so hard to study, one of the reasons, well, I'll give you two. One is that the product that I take from you is going to be different from the product I take from myself. Or compare that, both of us, you know, exercise, eat healthy, that sort of thing, to someone who is... 75 smokes like a chimney right. that has an exercise. Yeah, you don't, you don't even want those stem cells back. 
Yeah, you don't want, you don't those, want those back. Right. Hey, Doc, can you get those out of me? I don't want those anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, and the other issue um, is that I, I tell people all the time, this is so hard to study because in scientific literature, we kind of operate on this, this concept of scientific reductionism. It's, it's, it's much easier to study one drug, one chemical, without all these confounding variables. And we're talking about a biologic here. So I tell people it's like kale. You know, is, is it the fiber that's good for you? Is it the vitamin? This the vitamin. The answer is it's probably all of it. And it's the same thing with the biologic treatment. There are so many signals and molecules involved. And so teasing that out from a scientific standpoint is very, very difficult, which is why we've sort of been, uh, had some difficulty progressing the field to this point. I, I want to take uh, a, a commercial break. And when we come back, what I want to talk about is some of the things that are used to enhance the success of stem cell therapies, even sure. maybe some vitamins like, like retinol, vitamin A. I know that it plays a role in differentiation. Uh, and do you focus on these things with your patients? And we'll tell you also how you can reach Dr. Jeremy German when we come back from the break, because he's available to help you too. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000. Or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Hi, I'm Ashley Grace, co-founder of HM Company. Hemp CBD improved my life so much that I started HM Company to help others naturally feel better. You don't have to have had a severe brain injury like me to benefit from HM Company products. If you're struggling to feel better, calm your brain, or better deal with daily stress and want to do so naturally, please try HM Company products. Search HM Company and use code SHR for 20% off and free shipping. That's HM Company and code SHR. 
You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. Dr. German, uh, tell my audience how they can reach you if they are in the uh, Ohio Valley area. Yeah, sure. Um, our, so our clinic is called Inertia Medical, I-N-E-R-T-I-A, and you can go to inertiamedical.com, and uh, at our clinic you can give us a call, 513-570-4464. Yeah, very cool. Um, what about the terrain? You know, uh, what about using peptides like BPC-157, which are now, you know, you can prescribe these as a doctor now. Taylor, a tailor-made pharmacy close to us uh, will fill prescriptions on things like uh, thymosin beta-4, GHRP-6, uh, modified growth factor 1 through 29, uh, CJC-1295, and then, of course, BPC-157, which is a favorite of orthopods right now uh, for its ability to speed the healing process of both bone and soft tissue. Uh, what about the use of things like that as, a, as, as a, you know, advanced uh, regenerative techniques to, to, to help these stem cells uh, in that environment? Well, you know, um, the, the peptides are a very compelling uh, area right now because, um, you know, one of the things with stem cell uh, science is that you're beginning to hear about also is exosomes. And these are essentially packets of peptides, growth factors, you know, cytokines. And this is part of the way in which they work is by releasing these different things. In fact, I, I know that you did the recent show on LL37, uh, the peptide. And um, that's one of the peptides released by mesenchymal stem cells. And it's one of the things that makes them antimicrobial in nature and one of the reasons why they're being studied in and. England and other places for their potential treatment or role in, in sepsis, kind of systemic infection, because uh, the cells, <coughs> excuse me, the cells themselves release these different uh, peptide molecules, and so we're starting to see more and more of that. That hey, maybe these peptide chains, these these molecules, have uh, a role in the regulation of um, cellular proliferation and enhanced tissue health, and certainly. In my clinic, there's a lot of discussion from that, mainly coming from the patients, because I see a lot of folks who are athletes or just look to stay on top of their health, and so they're very familiar with these things. And as you well know, they're otherwise pretty unknown to the medical community. You ask most doctors about BPC-157, they don't know what you're talking about. So I, I think there's a potential role there. There's some, still some question about, you know, there's still some gray area where, you know, the, the regulatory bodies that be, uh, you know, uh, sort of impose some, <laughs> it, it's not entirely uh, accepted, I should say, at this point yet, in terms of, you know, who's allowed to, prefer, who's allowed to, to prescribe what, when, and when is it really a, a appropriate. So, um, you know, I, I think, again, there's a ton of promise there, and I think that was even in one of my recent articles, BPC-157, because of some of the really compelling uh, literature there, as uh, are some other dietary constituents, like the vitamin A you mentioned, I, I know you've talked about that, and that's a really uh, compelling uh, thing. And I had quick access to this because I literally just wrote an, an article about it on nursehealthandfitness.com where I post some of these. But it's, there was a, a study published in Cell uh, called Vitamin A Retinoic Acid Signaling Regulates Hematopoietic Stem Cell Dormancy. Long name, but it basically means it regulates uh, whether stem cells are asleep or whether right. they're active and proliferating. And so I think all of these have a place. And and you know, and you know what you know you know what the interesting thing about vitamin A is? It's both an accelerator and a break. 
Yeah. So when when vitamin A when vitamin A gets low, you have very very low turnover and differentiation and utilization of stem cells. When vitamin A gets high, it shuts down the over over expression which burns up stem cells. So vitamin A is an amazingly important component yeah. for the complete regulation of not overusing and not underusing your stem cells. Well, and I got to tell you, that's why a lot of this becomes so complex and nuanced because th- th- you're exactly right there. That the it can both you know punch the accelerator and the brake, and that's kind of the same. The same is true with stem cells themselves. The way in which they interact with the immune system. They're immune regulatory, which is why they're being implicated as potential therapeutics for conditions like MS, because they can kind of mute or quiet the T-cell, kind of the immune system proliferation, proliferation and action and, and um, autoimmune type of response. And so a lot of this is so complex, and when you're trying to explain this to patients and you're talking about cells talking to each other and the signaling, it, it sounds very hand-wavy and very... Uh, you know, almost like you're personifying cells, but that's really how our bodies work is by signaling and binding and this uh, molecule and that molecule. But I think you're right on to consider some of these different um, supplements and things that could potentially enhance the health of our stem cells, but just our, our tissues in general. You know, the, the, the International Stem Cell uh, Society, which is headed up by Dr. William Seeds, is working hard to create a level f- playing field so that physicians who want to use stem cells have protocols that have been accepted and created by their peers to move forward with and and then show the FDA that they're not being reckless about it. And I think that more and more physicians need to consider joining because they have so much good information. Like the, the, the fact that stem cells are, in fact, antimicrobial, we discussed during that show about LL37. You know, Dr. Seeds brought that up. And so I think that it's really important for physicians to get on board with a lot of this stuff and, and, and get involved in these organizations because that's the, in my humble opinion, the stuff that you're doing, that's the future of medicine. It's not going to be about taking a pill that masks a symptom until you just break. It's going to be about fixing things again. Well, I agree with you, Carl, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, there needs to be some more formal collaboration and pooling of data and, you know, efforts on the on the part of the physicians and researchers. And, you know, I, I fairly recently gave a grand rounds presentation to this uh, to a couple of departments uh, down at the hospital. And, you know, I started by saying, how many people have heard of mesenchymal stem cells? And I, I didn't get a single hand, you know, uh, among these physicians. And I said, boy, you know, isn't that kind of just a sign of where we're at with things and why things tend to move so slowly? Is because you know we're we're often just very behind, and, and it's important that we have caution. Uh, we proceed with caution when it comes to the therapies we're offering our patients, but we certainly want to be up on the most recent literature. And hey, what what else is out there, and in what direction is medicine heading? So, um, what are some of the most exciting cases you've treated using stem cells, and, and the outcomes? Well, you know, I'm primarily a musculoskeletal guy, so I get a lot of patients in my office with arthritic problems of the shoulders, hips, uh, knees. Uh, knees would be most common, elbows, etc. And then also a lot of tendon problems, rotator cuff tears or something called tendinosis, which is kind of like chronic tendinitis. I had that. And, that. and that's when, when when you get tendinosis, you've had tendinitis so long that the strands of of, of the, uh, the the tissue they unwind and they become shredded-like and That's weakened. exactly right. I had that with the bi- outer head of my left bicep. I was yep. doing 
heavy T-bar rows one day, and I felt this burning sensation. And the next day, I had just a little tiny bit of blood in there, but the outer head was real short all of a sudden. Yeah. And and that's a common, for us older guys, that's a common condition. Because I know there's some orthopods that actually go in there and they snip that into a, they use a Z-cut to lengthen it. Because as we, something about the groove, the sulcus that the tendon falls into from the bicep, bicipital something, uh, as we get older, that becomes a problem for us older guys, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, Carl, I see that literally every week, the bicipital See? tendonitis or tendonosis, the bicipital groove in kind of the upper part of the arm. And people say, they come in saying, hey, my shoulder hurts. And it's really that long head right. tendon. And it, there's a lot of friction over time. And I, I, I do see a lot of weightlifters, and it's literally every week I see that problem. So and what do so, you think the problem Do you think it's because guys train chest too much and not back enough? Are, they, are their shoulders out of alignment? Is that what it is? That's a great question. Yes, a lot of it is that. But a lot of it is also the lifestyle things, right? We Just over the past you know several decades, we've been forced to forced into chairs and we kind of have protracted forward shoulders, forward neck, and, oh. and you get a shortening of all the soft tissue. So there's a lot of, you know, that's the other thing, Carl, is the reason I started my clinic is because all of this goes together. And how often do you go to a doctor and they say, well, let's talk about your bench press form. Let's talk about, you know, and it, it all goes together. You, you can't properly treat someone without discussing all this. So we're talking mechanics, we're talking nutrition, and that's really how medicine should be. But you're exactly right on that. And a lot of these problems that have been chronic for people, we now have different treatment options for, and, and folks are just doing so well with tendon problems, arthritis problems, and it's, it's very, very encouraging. So talk about your journey into physical culture. You're a handsome guy. You've got a great physique. Did you compete at one time? <laughs> yeah, you know, I did. My, my wife uh, conned me into competing, I guess you could say. She was, uh, you know, we've always kind of supported each other, and that's how we try to practice what we preach and, you know, not to... Uh, I don't want this to come, off, uh, come across the wrong way, but I tell people all the time that if you want to find the most unhealthy people in society, you go to a hospital and it's not the patients. You know, Dude, the you're so right. Oh, oh it's yeah. So, it's so sad, you know, and, and part of it's the stress and the overwork and the this and the that, but, but uh, yeah, I see it every day, and so we just try to practice what we preach. We feel real responsibility uh, in, in that respect, and, and, you know, like I said before, it's like, hello, you know, uh, probably... 60, 75% of the patients sitting in the hospital day-to-day wouldn't be there if their diet was in line, if they exercised and all that sort of thing. And so it was just an evolution, Carl. It was an early interest. You know, as a teenager, it was kind of my first lab experiment, being able to go in the gym and seeing the actual uh, physiology changes. And, okay, I felt different, and this is neat. So what else can I learn about the human body? And and it was just one thing after another. So um, that's kind of been our our goal um, is to bridge you know, the, the fitness community, the wellness, the health, the nutrition with modern medicine because there's quite a dichotomy right now. And you work with a guy who gets a lot of respect uh, for being in, in a good source of reliable information within the physical culture community, and that's John Perillo, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, growing up in uh, Dayton, Ohio, I, I found out that this uh, kind of uh, icon in the bodybuilding uh, uh, realm, John Perillo, who was one of the kind of original coaches or gurus to a lot of the bodybuilders and, and really kind of pioneered a lot of the nutrition concepts and exercise concepts, that, hey, he was down in Cincinnati, Ohio, so I got to check this out. My wife actually started training at his facility, and we just became good friends over the years. And so he's got a great private gym, and we've kind of teamed up, and now we have a joint venture where um, you know, we do some nutritional supplements, uh, just, and that's all they are supplements. I know you know plenty about that, but, um, 
you know, that we have everything. We have the training facility. We have uh, the sports medicine, musculoskeletal medicine clinic that I started inside of that facility. And again, it all goes together, Carl. You know, you, it, it's hard to have a, a comprehensive treatment plan without addressing all of those things. So it's been really neat. And I have an affinity, I like to say, for big thinkers. I'd include you on that list. Uh, but, you know, John Prill is also certainly one of those people. And I just love sharing these big ideas and, and getting into the details and, and um, you know, just kind of exploring some neat areas with uh, people like him and people like yourself. You know, I don't know why he's never been on this show. I, I kind of think... I was just thinking while you were talking, I'm like, why haven't I had John Perillo on the show? And I think I did contact him the first year I was doing the show. No, maybe the, it was it was 2006. I think I contacted him to have him on the show. I was still with Clear Channel. I don't know what happened, and I really need to have him on the show. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's a neat guy. He's he's one of a kind. But he, you know, there are concepts like body statting, where you take, uh, you know, you do this, use this nine point body stat uh, pinch test in order to see. You know, he's a very scientific mind. He was a chemistry major, and he says, okay, you know, people are always questioning, look in the mirror, am I making progress, am I not? Is my... He says, objectively follow this. Let's do a weekly body stat measurement, and we'll see. And he came up with these calculations to figure out lean body mass and, and uh, body fat, and he's very scientific, and I love that about you him. You mean the caliper approach to body The caliper. Fat? Did, but he he, come, he, did he really come out with that? He came up with a nine-point test, okay. and a lot of places you go, the trainers are doing that, and they're yes, using yes, his yes, calculations. That, that, yes, because that, that, then you use a form formulary and you can and you yes. can estimate the body fat okay and yeah. i never knew that i never knew yeah. that yeah and so I, I i just love that you know i love people that try to think outside the box and come up with these really neat i, I got to have him on cuz he's italian you know yeah right that's, that he is that's the only that's the reason i got to have him on cuz i'm italian he's italian so somewhere along the line he and i have shared some blood somewhere along of course the line. of course we're, we're, yeah i just had my 23 and me done and I'm 85 percent Italian. Oh, no kidding. Well, I'm 80. I'm 80. Uh, I'm 86 percent Italian and 14 percent Northern African. Northern African, okay. And that makes perfect sense because I'm Southern Italian, and like really, um, my father's side of the family, many generations before he came along, they were Albanian. They lived in Albania, but then they moved to the southern part of Italy, and which they're called Albanese. That's the type of Italians there. Isn't that neat to be able to look back now in time through the lens of you know? I mean, with some of these tests, I mean, that's it's it's wild. Now, I love I love that I'm 14 percent African. I, when I found that I was 14 percent African, I was like, I'm going to have so much fun with this. We were in Atlantic City. Elisa and I went to Atlantic City, and we're sitting next to this black couple. <laughs> And and I'm laying out in the sun, and I'm a huge sun worshiper. You know, I yeah. think the sun is like the most underestimated medicine that I we're agree. all missing out on. Okay. And so we're laying out in the sun, and the sun is behind the clouds. And all of a sudden, the sun comes out, and me and Elisa and this black couple, that we all went, ah, at the same time. <laughs> right? And I looked at them, and I said, I know the sun is so good for us. I said, yeah. and we don't get enough of us. And I said, and dark people like us need more of it. Yeah. And when Elisa went inside, she says to me, dark people like us? I says, I was darker than his wife. I could say that. What was I doing? And then I said to oh, him, remember, I'm 14% African. I could say yeah. that. Yeah, right, right. No implications of that beyond just the simple truth of, uh, yeah. But, it was fun. Uh, yeah, was I'm fun. with you there. I mean, much it extends much beyond vitamin D, too, you know. Yeah, yeah. the melanocortin system is an is amazing, magical system. It's it's oh, yeah. multi-layered. They're, every day they're discovering things about how it influences leanness, microbiome diversity, yep. uh, cancer, uh, 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 cancer uh, prevention. Cancer prevention. A reabsorbed plaque 
in the arteries. It actually turns the intimal inflammation off and causes a process that reabsorbs plaque from the arteries. Yep. I mean, when you when you and all we keep being told by the the the, the dermatological orthodoxy is stay out of the sun and put this titanium stuff all over you, and they wonder why people are getting sicker and sicker. Yeah, you know, I recently wrote about that too, Carl, and I was speaking with a, a, a pediatric uh, endocrinologist. He said, you know, I'm seeing this, this rash of patients with rickets now, vitamin D deficiency. Because really? Parents are slathering so much sunscreen on their kids. and that, I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, it's crazy how sun-phobic we are these days. I love the sun. I love being dark. I love, I love the way that when I close my eyes and that sun pierces the opacity of my eyelids and my eyes light up in that pink color. I feel like I'm visiting with an old friend that never, ever lets me down. If you get a bottle of sun rays, uh, Carl, you'd be the, the best. Right. Uh, oh, dude, for... you're telling me. You're telling me. <laughs> hey, listen, give, 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 the, uh, give the website again. Yeah, it's inertiamedical.com. And then let's plug John Perillo's website. Yeah, sure. It's uh, Perillo Performance, and Perillo's P-A-R-R-I-L-L-O, PerilloPerformance.com. Hey, thanks for being on the show today, Jeremy. Yeah, Carl. It was a lot of fun. Okay, take care. You too. And tomorrow's Friday, which means I'm off, especially since I had surgery, and I'm a grumpy, pissy little wee-wee. I want sympathy. I hate this. My foot hurts so bad, I got to keep it propped up, go around on this knee cart like an old guy. I feel old. But next week, I'll feel better. I'm going to get to the gym next week. All right, look, have a good weekend, and we'll see you uh, Monday. See you then.